This is what archaeologists call a bulla. Now, a bulla is a piece of clay with the impression of a person's seal on it. You see, in ancient times, when a person purchased a piece of land, they would take some parchment or some papyrus like this, and they would record the purchase on it, have people witness it, and then roll it up, tie it up with some string, pieces of string around it, press some clay over the top of it, and then take their seal ring and press it into it. Now, here's a seal ring. This is the seal ring of Pontius Pilate. So the seal ring would be pressed into the clay. And then it would often be stored in a clay jar and stored away. Now, if a fire destroyed the document, all that would be left would be this piece of baked clay with the seal impression on it. And that's what we call a bulla. Now, scores of these bulla have been discovered by the archaeologists. Now, this enlarged bulla was discovered about two years ago, and we've just blown it up so you can see it more readily. This is the real size, this one just here. This, about the size of your fingernail. It's believed by archaeologists to be likely that of Isaiah the prophet. Why? Because it's actually from around 700 BC when Isaiah the prophet lived, and it was found not far from another famous bulla, that of King Hezekiah who was a close friend of Isaiah and ruled in Judah. That's the southern part of Israel at that time. This little bulla here of uh, Hezekiah says, Belonging to Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah. But I want to talk about this other bulla here, this little one here. This one says, Belonging to Ahaz, son of Jehotam, or Jotham, king of Judah. This is the father of King Hezekiah, and it bears the seal impression of King Ahaz of Judah. This guy ruled from 735 to 715 BC. Now, this king is actually mentioned in the Bible with his father Hezekiah, whose bulla we also just saw a number of times, numerous times in fact. Notice what the Bible says of King Ahaz. Ahaz rested with his ancestors and was buried with them in the city of David. And Hezekiah, his son, succeeded him as king. 2 Kings 16.20 Now there's a fascinating story about Ahaz in the book of Isaiah. You see, this king had caused Israel to be unfaithful to God. He'd even practiced human sacrifice on his own children and was the cause of moral decline in Jerusalem at this time. Now two kings, Pekah of the northern kingdom called Israel in the north, and Rezin of Syria, these two kings combined together invaded the kingdom of Judah, Ahaz's kingdom. And to say the least, he was petrified of these two guys. Yet, you know, in spite of his unfaithfulness and leading Israel into moral depravity, God sent Isaiah, his prophet, to encourage him. He was told not to be afraid, but to just trust God and all would go well. You know, the love of and the patience and the grace of God is amazing. Even today, though people hate him, though many don't even believe he exists, he still sends his rain and his son on them. Anyway, back to the story of Ahaz. Ahaz didn't believe God could help him, and so he began to look to the Egyptians and the Assyrians for help against these two guys. But again, Isaiah was sent by God to the king to encourage him. Isaiah was told to tell the king to ask God for a sign. 
that he would deliver him from pecker and resin, these guys that were on his doorstep. But he wouldn't. You know why? Because he knew that if he asked for a sign, God would fulfill it. And then he wouldn't be able to go to the Egyptians or the Assyrians for aid. So this is what Isaiah said next. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. In other words, the descendant of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Then he goes on to say, Since you wouldn't ask God for a sign, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord, however, will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your father, the king of Assyria. Isaiah 7, verse 13, 14, 16 and 17. Now, this prediction was indeed fulfilled because shortly after, in 732 BC, the Assyrians destroyed Damascus and killed Rezin in that year. Pekah, the king of Israel in the north, was assassinated. And just 10 years later, in 722 BC, Samaria, which was the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel, was completely destroyed. But this prediction went far beyond 700 BC. It was also a prediction that one day a virgin would give birth to the Messiah, the Saviour of the world. Notice what Matthew says in the New Testament about the Virgin Mary's child. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Jesus Christ was indeed God with us, because the Bible says he was God in human flesh. And just like in Isaiah's time, when the sign of the virgin was an indicator that God would deliver from the impossible, so the virgin birth in the time of the New Testament is a sign that God can deliver us from our personal sins that haunt and trap us. No matter how bad, no matter what we've done, or no matter how often we've done it. God through Jesus Christ has powered to forgive us and to deliver us from sin. Just ask him today and you'll find out that he will indeed do just that. <laughs> 